Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back with the Friday installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along my partner in crime. John Hickman, happy to be back with you guys to cap off the week. Of course, we got Brandon K. Scott on from 16 Radio. Uh, that's going to be very interesting to discuss what's going on with the Houston Texans. And, you know, before we get to Brandon K. Scott, and I hope you guys have a great weekend. By the time you hear this, it will be Friday. And uh, I want everybody to have fun and be safe. But I thought it was important to look at the possibility of Houston maybe would have moved on from Deshaun Watson before the NFL draft via trade, which was something John McClain, uh, the most hated uh, Texan journalist in the city right now, uh, but John McClain mentioned that the Houston Texans were potentially going to move on from Deshaun Watson after David Culley's press conference a couple of Thursdays ago. And, and as we remember, in that press conference, David Culley said multiple times that he's our quarterback. Uh, he is the only one, at least at that time, that was on the roster for next season. And any other questions, he deferred to Nick Casario. Cody, if you remember, I mentioned that you know, he looked very nervous throughout that press conference. And mm-hmm. I specifically remember thinking maybe he's just hiding the the truth that will eventually come out, which, you know, could have been out of we hearing, at least from John McClain. And John McClain at times, you know, you can take his word with a grain of salt. Uh, but Houston was, you know, ready to move on. Nick Casario was ready to move on because they did not want to – how can I put this? I guess stall the rebuild and moving on from Deshaun Watson would have given you a lot of leverage for your team to get better throughout the next year to two years. And and then boom, legal issues hit Watson uh, around the same time that it's rumored, at least from John McClain, that Houston was getting ready to move on from Deshaun Watson and get everything that they were going to get back for him in the trade. So was that actually going to happen? And is Houston in the win-win or lose-lose now with with Deshaun Watson as a situation in itself as a whole? Well, it's hard for me to say Houston was on the verge of trading Deshaun Watson because I do believe if push came to shove, this was an organization who would have been willing to let Deshaun Watson sit for an entire year. And they were going to do everything possible to try to get that man to change his mind. But given everything that has came out since then with the allegations, I just feel like the Texans are now in a lose-lose situation. As a matter of fact, I always felt that they was in a lose-lose situation, and it's even more so now. Because first and foremost, it doesn't matter where they traded Deshaun to, because at the end of the day, they were losing the best player in the deal. And it doesn't matter if it was Jalen Hurst. It doesn't matter if they got Tua back in return. Deshaun Watson, at worst, is no lower than the fifth-best quarterback in the league. Not saying that Hurst or Tua would ever be as good as Deshaun, or even better but the Texans already had a proven player in Deshaun those other two guys or whoever they decide to pick up in the draft whether it be this year or next year getting a quarterback as good as Deshaun Watson again was always going to be a far-fetched situation for this organization 
And two, and most importantly, I do not see a team still willing to give up a King's ransom for Deshaun because there is just too much uncertainty going on with him right now. First and foremost, the count is up to 16 and there are discussions about the Houston Police Department getting involved. And if they do, then you're looking at a situation where these cases might become criminal. And that's just the effects of what's going on off the field. Because it does not matter if Deshaun Watson is still a member of the Houston Texans or if he's on another team roster. I'm pretty sure the 2021 NFL season is going to take place without Deshaun because the league is going to suspend him one way or another. And then you also got to take into consideration, and John, this is something that you and I talked about early on in the week when we reported that there was still a number of teams still interested in Deshaun, how much of this is going to affect Deshaun Watson mentally to the point where we might not see the all-pro quarterback ever again? I know it might sound crazy right now, and first and foremost, like I said early on in the week, Deshaun Watson isn't the first, and unfortunately, he would not be the last athlete to get in trouble. Sometimes they bounce back from it, and sometimes they do not. But these are just factors that I know teams are going to use in order to try to get Deshaun Watson at a cheaper price. And then you're looking at another sports organization in Houston who had to depart from their franchise player and got robbed in the process. I will say to John McClain's point, Tyrod Taylor got signed on the same day that Deshaun Watson's allegations came out, right? The only reason why I'm saying allegations is because it hasn't been proven yet, of course, but... The deal was announced before 5 o'clock Central Time. The news in the Tony Busby's post on Instagram announced, posted later that night. So I look at it like Houston had a plan. I, I can see Houston understanding that it's the Houston Texans and not the Houston Watsons. And we say this all the time on the show. Like, we're going to talk about what's important. Um, for instance, with the Deshaun Watson case going on right now, we will give you updates, but we're not going to talk about this all the time. And I I believe that's what Houston was looking at. And they brought in Tyrod Taylor because I believe they were gearing themselves up to prepare for a rookie quarterback. So as I say, take John McClain's word with a grain of salt, the move to bring in Tyrod Taylor for $12.5 million. It didn't sit right with me knowing that $12.5 million is a lot for Tyrod Taylor. And I'm also looking at Hamilton. I'm thinking to myself, they're getting ready for one of those top three quarterbacks coming out in the NFL draft. And then hours later, hours later, not even a full 12 hour, 12 hours later, we get the Tony Busby post. And I think, you know, Cody, like you said, now the Texans are in a lose-lose situation. Hey, we mentioned how there are rumored five teams still interested in Deshaun Watson today. One of those was Philly. You played around with the idea of maybe Jalen Hurts coming to Houston. Uh, The Broncos still want him. But they're not going to get back what they originally could have. And just like what's going on with the Rockets, it's kind of like, when you know the player is adamant about not being here, you got to strike while the fire is hot. The Rockets got screwed in that James Harden deal. Could have gotten back way more if they would have traded him, Cody, in your words, before the season. And if you would have moved on from Deshaun Watson when you knew 
He was adamant about playing, and I'm not going to sit here and not hold the Texans accountable and act like they didn't know what was going on with Deshaun Watson in this civil case right now. They knew. So it's your fault, not Nick Serio's, but it's the Texans' fault as an organization for not moving on from Deshaun Watson when they could have gotten back so much more. Now, if everything works out and he's able to play after – he gets put on the NFL exempt list, which I think is the next step. But if he's if his name was cleared, Houston won't get nearly as much back as they would have if this was done before last Tuesday. Really quick, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline covers award TV shows and reality TV. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports actions. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine has you covered for all of the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online with promo code locked on. Again, promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. Follow Locked On Rockets. Cody, uh, as a member of the Rockets media team, how do you feel about the recent trade with Victor Oladipo going to Miami for basically peanuts and the entire Rockets, Houston, James Harden trade is backfiring? Um, last time I checked, this was locked on Texans, not lo- oh, not locked on Rockets. Right. You could check out my brother JT Gatlin for all your Houston Rockets needs. But back to the Texans, another dysfunctional franchise here in Houston. We have our brother, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Brandon, how are you doing today? And welcome back to Locked On Texans. And I appreciate y'all for having me. I'm I, I too am struggling with the rocket stuff, but we got enough going on with the Texans where I mean this, this there are very few things to feel good about these days. So uh, uh you know I I'm making it though. I'm making it. It's kind of funny because in Houston you got the Texans going through so much dysfunction, the Rockets and their dysfunction, the Astros who are gonna face uh so much discrimination from major league baseball for I don't know how long because of the quote unquote sign stealing uh, back when they won the world series. Um, and, and then you have highways that are still not finished here. He's, so it's kind of tough moving around and uh, getting from place to place and not having to hear about these issues, but that's why we are here to talk sports. And Brandon Scott, man, I listened to the, your podcast, the block podcast, Guys, go check that out. It's on all the major podcasts and platforms. And you were discussing the Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, the number is up to, is it up to 18 now? Or is it still at 16? Around that number. And uh, you made some interesting points. So I kind of wanted to give you the floor for our listeners to hear some of your points that was made. Yeah, so so there were a couple of things that stood out to me about the lawsuit. But I want to I start by acknowledging that there still has to be fact-finding with the Deshaun Watson thing. There, there are no – I don't think that we have any real facts outside of the, the fact that these lawsuits have been filed. But as far as the details and the intricacies of it, 
we we cannot take those things to be fact. So with that in context, the information that we have, we can say, if if these things are true, then this is what it means. And, and if these things are true, if this is true, then this is what it means. So, so what I was trying to do in the podcast was trying to work through some of the details and to say, hey, what would this, if this is true, what does this mean? And so by the time I recorded, what what we found out, we, we finally heard from Rusty Harden and yeah, Deshaun Watson's attorney, who he's hired, who, who's also represented, as we know, a number of high-profile athletes and other clients otherwise. Um, and, and, and the signed affidavit by his business and marketing manager, Brian Bernie, which in a nutshell says that he and one of the accusers, Deshaun Watson and one of the accusers had some type of consensual sexual contact and that after, and that was in December, and that in January, she tried to blackmail him uh, on two occasions herself and then through a representative for $30,000, basically, essentially is hush money. And so the, the, the concession there is that that, that Brian Bernie is making in his statement is that Deshaun Watson had a consensual relationship, sexual contact with this, with this woman, with this accuser. Okay. So that's on the one end. On the other end, we have this accuser who has a lawsuit that says she was supposed to be doing a massage. She was supposed to be doing a service that she's a professional and that this was not a consensual act. So in the interest of fact-finding, we don't know which, which thing is true. But if we, take, if we take everything at face value and take a couple of logical leaps and assume that, this, what, that she is a licensed therapist, which, again, we don't know that she's a licensed, licensed massage therapist, but if we take that at face value and say that she is and that this was set up the way that it's described in the lawsuit, which has not been refuted yet, they have not filed a, a, an answer to this petition, we take that and then the concession that's made by Brian Bernie and bring it all together, it sounds like Deshaun Watson is going into some of these uh, massage therapy sessions looking for sex. Now, far be it for me to judge what, what Deshaun Watson does in his personal life and, and that sort of thing. But when, when we're talking about legitimizing claims and and following logic and what makes sense and what's going to be believable to either a judge or a jury or a mediate or how, like however this thing works out, if it ends up going to a settlement or whatever, like what what things matter, what facts matter. This this to me would matter. This would legitimize the idea that Deshaun Watson is interested in some in, in receiving a massage and something extra. And, and, and so that that's the implication. Again, we don't know if that's a fact or not, um, but that's what's been implied. That's what's been put out there. And now it's up to Deshaun Watson to, to answer. But think about this. I think it's 16, however many of these lawsuits, this is enough. They got to reply to all of them. You know, if they don't settle, they've got to file like more. There's going to be a lot of paperwork with this guy if it doesn't get settled soon. So I'm interested to know what is going to be his response to all of this. Like Deshaun has to now answer for this. And, and speak to 
what he was doing and what his intentions were and, and, and provide some clarity from his standpoint on all of this. Now, as far as the future of the quarterback situation, my God, like, like I, I, I that, that is, that is something that I've been wrestling with even more because you already had a tenuous future of the quarterback situation before now, or before we realized what was going on with, with Deshaun Watson and these allegations. Now it's, it's a little confusing because like, does this change Deshaun Watson? Like he still doesn't want to play for the Texans. We know that, but like, does he view his situation differently? Like, does he view his standing differently? Like, Lucky to not be on the commissioner's exempt list if that happens. Lucky to not be suspended if that could happen. Lucky to not be in jail if that happens. You know, all of this, like, like does this humble Deshaun Watson in some ways? And I, and I, don't, I don't say that in a coy way because I understand where Deshaun was coming from and not wanting to be with the Texas anymore. But does he view his situation differently? I don't know the answer to that. Um, I know a lot of people feel strongly one way or the other, like, like, yeah, Deshaun can't demand a damn thing now, uh, considering what, where, where he's at. He, he is in no position to make a demand, given his contract and given all of his mess. He's in no position. And then others will tell you that he's even more dug in uh, because of this. Like, he maybe want a fresh start uh, on, on top of, you know, the situation with the Texans and them already being a, a dumpster fire on their own. So it's, it's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. I, try, I tried to get a lot into 25 minutes uh, the other day. Brandon, before we change the topic from Deshaun Watson to actually talking about the football aspect of the Texans, I am curious to know how much of your opinion of Deshaun Watson has changed, not just due to everything that's going on with these allegations, but just everything that has transpired over the last six months. Because think about it. It was just in September, we're watching Deshaun on Zoom crying, being happy as hell that he signed a contract extension. Next thing you know, he's looking like a prima donna, um, trying to force his way out of Houston, sending all these cryptic tweets and that's that's lyrics to a Drake song and a, and a future song. And then it's like, you're doing all this, but behind closed doors, you have skeletons in your closet. Yeah, so it, it it's, it's tough, right? Because... I feel like everyone's got some kind of skeletons in their closet. They're not always necessarily criminal, you know, like they're, 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 they're a varying degrees. So I'm not going to say, Hey, we're all Deshaun Watson. If in fact, if in fact, this is what he's been accused of. And, and if, if it turns out like he's guilty of any of these things, but you know, people are dynamic, right? So it's not like I ever put Deshaun on a pedestal that made him beyond fatal flaws even, you know, and, and, and I would caution us to, to consider like what any of us might be capable of, even if we don't see ourselves ever doing that thing, even if we don't ever end up doing that thing in our lifetime, I don't overestimate or underestimate anyone. Like, I, I think that people are simply dynamic. Do I still think that Deshaun Watson is, can be an engaging and, and charming dude? Um, do I think that there is some good in Deshaun Watson? Certainly. Do I think that Deshaun Watson probably has some flaws and some things that he that he should work on or some things that he should consider or, or maybe some aspects of his life that maybe he should consider changing or, or, or deciding if this is of any use to him or if it's more harm than good? Certainly. He's 25, 26 years old. And when I was that age, 
and at the age I am now, all of us uh, probably have aspects of our lives that we could work on. So I wouldn't say that my opinion of him has changed, but it's not lost on me that the opinion of him has definitely changed. Like, like the overall public view of Deshaun Watson has changed. And that's one of the things that stands out to me most, Cody, is like you went back to, you went all the way back to the contract extension in September. But, and, and, and that's, that, that is, uh, uh, you know, a seminal moment. Like, I, I, I feel you. But even just going back to the end of the season, like, not, we don't even go have to go back, that far back. Like, just, just a few months ago, when the season was over with, and, you know, it was kind of like poor Deshaun because, he, you know, he played his heart out. Everyone we having a conversation of, should they, bench, should they uh, uh, sit Deshaun? Yes. to protect him. Yes. Remember that? Remember that? And, we're, and Deshaun was like, and you know, and some people was like, well, no, he's got to play because he's got to play football. And Deshaun's like, yeah, no, I'm going to play. He's going to play football. And then he plays. And we're all like, man, Deshaun's tough, man. He played football, but it's a damn shame that they wasted Deshaun. And you got the video on NFL Films of J.J. apologizing mm-hmm. for wasting his year. And, 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 and then, you know, you get into, the, into all of this and, and, and everybody still – Love Deshaun. J.J., when he's asked about Deshaun, when he goes to Arizona, hey, uh, J.J., what do you want to see happen for Deshaun? Oh, Deshaun's such a great person. Uh, you know, I, I, and I, I love the person that he is, and I want him to be happy, and I want to see good things happen to him. Um, just just David Culley's last media availability, you, the, 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 the Huddle and Flow podcast, just earlier that day, you got Jim Trotter, or was it, maybe it was later, when Jim Trotter's on with Rich Eisen, and he's like, You'll hear from Deshaun Watson. This is a man of character, and and you're, you're you know you're going to hear from him because he's going to speak on this, and this is being documented, and this is a man of character who's going to speak to you. And then like a week later, crickets on on what kind of man of character he is because we can't really speak to that. We don't know him like that. Like based off of what we know, what his public um, presentation has been, you know, I, I've been fond of, but that's all I got. You know, all I got is what I see. Obviously, I don't know what this man is doing behind closed doors, what skeletons are in his closet, what his secrets are, what his fatal flaws could be. And, you know, situations like this could give you some insight into that. But but no, no, not not, not my opinion. Like, I still think he's an incredible football player who's probably a complex person. Um, but but yeah, yeah, no, it's it's the public perception that's changed. And that's the part that's fascinating. You got B. Scott of 16, Sports Radio 16 in Houston, giving you his feelings about the Deshaun Watson situation. And um, 16 is going to cover it. We're going to cover it. You will get news and updates about it. But we've also been telling you about Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Now it's time to find out which is the best Bill Bar on the market with Bill Bar Madness. Today's matchup is cookie dough chunk versus birthday cake. Birthday cake? Oh, my gosh. I know that's great. Go to BillBar.com or Bill underscore bar on Twitter. Remember to use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That is L-O-C-K-E-D-1515 to get 15% off your next order at BillBar.com. And check back to see who's won today's matchup. And who will become the best tasting protein bar on the market? Join Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor Sakima 
and Benjamin Salak as they give you your latest positional rankings and analysis on the 2021 draft prospects with team-centric guest mock drafts right around the corner. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. We still got Brandon K. Scott of Sports Radio 610 talking the Houston Texans. Not the Locked On Deshaun Watson show isn't the Houston Watsons. Let's talk about the Houston Texans. Phillip Lindsay is now a start running back, presumably on this depth chart. Uh, Shaq Lawson is now in Houston. They've made a lot of moves at running at linebacker. How do you feel about this team, uh, the depth chart for Houston moving forward on both sides of the ball? And is this a better team overall than what we saw last year, even with the subtractions of the, the J.J. Watts um, and, and everything that's been going on with this franchise? Are they set to become better because they're deeper at positions now? Yeah, so let's let's look into that because I do think I think that they are a better team. The short answer to your question is yes. But I think that they are only really marginally better. Um, I, I'm not sure that you can say that they are significantly better because of the Deshaun Watson situation. I think I feel like right now we're assuming that one way or the other, Deshaun Watson is not going to be the quarterback and Gerard Taylor is. And so I, I don't feel like they're significantly better because they've added depth, but they have gotten worse at their best, at where their best player was and at the most important position. But to the points that you made and the players that you mentioned, Philip Lindsay, Shaq Lawson, like I think they are better in the margins. I am interested to see more so what the offensive line does. That's, that's the thing that I don't feel like I have the answer to. I feel like it's better. I want to say it's better, but I'm cautious with that because I fell for the narrative last year when it was, hey, all five, all, all five starters on the offensive line are returning. This is going to be a plus. The offensive line is going to be a benefit to the team, and that wasn't necessarily the case. So I'm cautious on that. But Philip Lindsay, as your lead back, and, and you push David Johnson, you move him from your main featured back, number one back, to your third guy or just kind of a gadget guy or maybe even a guy that you don't have to use all that much if you don't want to. Like, like your options, I feel like, are way different now with David Johnson. I don't feel like you have to force feed him to justify the DeAndre Hopkins trade anymore because the book's been written on that already. So. Now you insert Philip Lindsay in there, who is a more viable number one back. You have Mark Ingram in the mix. You are, I think you're significantly better at running back. Now, whether your running game is significantly better, I think depends on how much better you are along the offensive line. So that's the thing that I'm going to be wanting to pay really the most attention to. Because I like Terod Taylor as a, as a quarterback. I like the, the running back room now that David Johnson's the third guy instead of the first guy. And so I can live with that. What I don't really know what's going on exactly is, is what's happening with that offensive line, how good it is, so on and so forth. Defensively, you know, Shaq Lawson, I, mean, I like him. I like that addition. I think we talked about that trade already. You know, that was, that was, that might be, that, that might be the, I think that will turn out to be his best move because he was able to turn Bernard McKinney, a guy who, didn't have much value on this team anymore into someone who can effectively be the replacement for what JJ Watt had become on the team. Now, don't, don't, don't throw 
don't throw your phones or your whoever's listening. I'm not saying Shaq Lawson is J.J. Watt, but for what you were getting out of J.J. Watt by the time his career here ended, I think Shaq Lawson could give could give you that in this scheme, possibly. That's probably best case scenario, right? So, um, so, so, so there you have it with you know replacing your pass rusher. But um, I really like what they've done with the with the cornerbacks, man. Like, like we were really desperate. I don't I don't think that like, they've they've moved mountains or like they've solved you know the problem for the future necessarily. But you bring in uh, uh, Desmond King, um, a couple of these guys. Uh, it's like Desmond King can be your slot, your slot corner instead of Vernon Hargraves, and he's kind of just there in a pinch for depth instead of being like the guy that you have to rely on. The way they ended up having to rely on him last year, like, could you imagine? Like, I don't think they're going to have to do that this year. You you add Terrence Mitchell into the mix, that's probably going to be a starter for you, and all of a sudden you look a lot better than, you know, Bradley Roby and just a bunch of guys, you know. Uh, and, and then after after he's out, Vernon Hargrave and just a bunch of guys. You know, the Gary and Conley situation ended up working out the way it did last year. I know they were they thought they were gonna have more than what they had, but I do think that they're a lot better a lot better at cornerback. I think they're a lot better at running back. How much better they are on the interior that, or you know, at, up front and specifically on the interior on both sides of the ball, I'm not really sure. Like how much better is the run defense going to be? I think it could be better with some of the moves that they've made. How much? I'm not sure. I got a lot of questions about the offensive line. But is it a better team? Marginally, but I would say yes. Brandon, we only got a couple minutes on here, but really quick before closing out the show today. Um, me and John, we talked about this the other day here on Locked on Texans, and I'm going to ask you this same question. Do you believe David Cully is in a better position to succeed now um, versus where he was when he first came into this job as the Texans' new head coach? Oh, man, that's a tough one because I just told you that the squad is better than it was last year but I gave that caveat that it's not significantly better. Like, I still think this is a losing football team, whether they lose four games or whether they're seven and nine, you know, I don't know, but yeah, man, that is, that is tough because I don't think based off of what we have now, I don't think that again, I don't think this is going to be a super competitive football team in his, in his first season in Cully's year one. That being said, we don't know what, 2022 is going to look like because Casario's doing all these one-year deals. Like he's getting guys in and out of here. I don't know what the team's going to look like next year, what position they're going to be like, what position they're going to be in next year, what the salary cap is going to look like next year, because that's what everyone is waiting on. Right. You know, like is there, there are so many, there are so many unknowns about how things, I think a lot of it depends to answer your question, Cody, more succinctly. I think a lot of it depends on how 2021 plays out. Exactly. You know, and, and if it if it looks a lot next year like it does right now this year, then no, to answer your question. But, you know, if like if we get some reason to believe that, uh, you know, Nick Casario has, you know, can work magic with these one year deals, can can take lemons and make lemonade. Um, they figure out what to do with this Deshaun Watson situation, whether that's by some miracle he's available to play and wants to play for the Texans or, or they get a haul for him. You know, um, if one of those two things happens, I think he could be in a position to succeed. If, if they're still in limbo 
or if everything just blows up in Deshaun Watson's face, um, you know, that's that's a really tough one. And that don't have nothing to do with David Cully, right? Or or the, the Texans, to, to be fair and to be honest, you know, for for as much as, you know, they are criticized, if that blows up in their face, you know, they, they don't really have anything that they can do about that. Um, but it, it, not to cop out, but it's really kind of a wait and see. Right right now, you know, this is a losing football team. And, and David Cully is a first-year head coach. It's going to be some growing pains with that. Um, but I'm interested to see how he handles it and, and how he delegates and, and what impact these assistants have on, on the team. I think that's really the thing that you're going to want to look out for. I think Cully's the type of coach who, you know, if he hires the right staff, which is why we focus on the staff so much, if he hires the right staff, um, I think they can build him up and build the team up. So that's really what I want to see. I want to see what Cully, the staff as a whole, looks like. You know, does James Campen, does that does that move, does hiring a new offensive line coach, getting Mike Devlin out of here like everybody had been clamoring for, does that make a tangible difference? Coupled with the moves that Casario made, you know? Um, like, all, you know, all of these things. You know, the defensive, obviously the defensive coordinator situation, Levy Smith's Tampa 2 defense. Um, you know, a whole schematic change defensively. You know, how does that how does that work out? Tim Kelly staying on. Like I don't I still don't feel like I guess I guess I know what the offense look like. It's gonna stay the same. Is that I guess that's the answer? So because I've that that's been my question too. Like, what's the offense gonna be? David Cully ain't never ran an offense before, from what I could tell. And Tim Tim Kelly is is a Bill O'Brien disciple. But since they kept him, I guess it's gonna be a Bill O'Brien offense led by Tim Kelly and David, I don't know, but however that works out, <laughs> I want to see what the assistant coaches do, what their impact is on the game, on the team, and then we can go from there, man. Um, but, you know, like like I said, for the projections, this is probably a losing football team. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, on the Tim Kelly situation, I would say I am a little bit, just a tad bit happy that he came back because after Bill O'Brien departed, we got a sense of what this offense could do. But then again, that was with Deshaun Watson. Brandon K. Scott yes. from Sports Radio 610. Brandon, real quick, where can our listeners follow you at on Twitter? So follow me at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter. You can follow you can, or subscribe to the podcast, the B-Block Podcast. That's on Apple. It's on Buzzsprout. That's on Spotify. Um, and pretty much anywhere you get your podcast, just look it up and you should be able to find it. If not, again, hit me up on Twitter at Brandon K. Scott, and that's where it'll be. So, uh, and of course, Sports Radio 16, pretty much everything that's going on digitally over there, that is either me or something that I'm in charge of. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's where you can find me. And that's going to conclude another installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. As always, I'm your boy, Some Sports Guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Until next week, enjoy your weekend. Have fun. Be safe. Peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.